Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy. Sports Radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lammy. Paul Greco of Mel Nick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Cockiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. News. Pearl Jam announces a re-release of their first and finest album, 10. Pre-orders on sale now. Oh, and there's that little thing called the NFL Playoff. If you have just $20, I'll turn it into a free WCOSF main event entry. Now, we'll give you our predictions next on Red vs. Blue. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Everybody and good evening. This is Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. Hey, I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of online and high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, we have a great show tonight, and uh, like I said at the intro, uh, Pearl Jam re-releases their first and finest album, Ten. Uh, it's very likely the greatest album of all time, and the re-release is there. You have to check out all the details at PearlJam.com. I guess that's our unofficial sponsor tonight. Uh, we're pretty stoked about that. We've also got the NFL playoffs. Uh, the wild card weekend is over, and we had some surprising outcomes we're going to talk about tonight. 
uh, with that Colts and Chargers game, I guess surprising for some and not so much for others. Um, we had uh, Atlanta, Arizona with uh, Kurt Warner coming up on top, um, holding Michael Turner down to 42 yards. And we've got some other games we're going to talk about as well. You can reach the show at 347 324 5404. You can happen to, uh, if you're listening to iTunes Radio, you can check us out there, or you can find us on the fantasysportschannel.com. Uh, come on in, join the live chat room. We appreciate everybody that's always uh, in the chat room. We've got some users uh, there tonight. We've got a new user, Pinto. Welcome aboard. Ten Yard Fight, Sports Online Network, and several others. Uh, you guys, thanks for joining us. I'm always joined by my big blue co-host. It's an honor to present over the online world, Mr. Michael Trent. Mike, we had a big game last week, U of L UK, and U of L came out on top. Yeah, that was a that was an awesome game, Scott. Uh, I didn't know if they could go to Freedom Hall and beat them, and a couple steals there late, uh, they almost did. Uh, but it was a, it was a lot of fun watching the game, uh, watching young athletes. Uh, Try to mature the way they the way they did, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I want to get back to the uh, to the uh, other games that we got uh, that we're talking about uh, with Baltimore, Tennessee, Arizona, Carolina on Saturday, and San Diego, Pittsburgh, Philly, and the Giants. But uh, just to kind of wrap it up in a nutshell. Uh, Kentucky Louisville, uh, it's it's always going to be a rivalry. It's going to be a great rivalry, and uh, I love it. And I don't like losing the guys, but it's kind of the way things go. And so uh, that's pretty much what I have to say about that. Uh, I'm I'm ready to get I'm ready to break down these playoffs. I I really am, and uh, ready to look forward to uh, you know see what the lightning bug the lightning bug as they say in San Diego can do. Uh, can do against Pittsburgh and uh, the other thing. Well, we're, so, we're, we're going to talk. Playoffs. We're, we're also going to take. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of U of L UK here at the end of the show for all the uh, Louisville and Kentucky fans. Uh, it is Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, but we're still in NFL playoff mode, so we are going to continue to bring to you uh, our breakdowns of every game. And like I said on the teaser, uh, if you have twenty dollars, I'm going to turn that into a free. WCOFF main event entry uh, for you tonight. Uh, believe it or not, but if you've got $20, I'll do it for you. And uh, we, we've got those matchups uh, here tonight. We're going to break down. It all revolves around the first, this next round of the NFL playoffs, Saturday and Sunday, and you'll have that money in your hands. Uh, but, Mike, uh, let's talk about last week. Uh, the Chargers uh, looked pretty good uh, taking care of the Colts. It was one of those games that uh, you didn't know how it was going to end, but you just had a feeling, and I've said it for a while, I, I was waiting for that Peyton Manning face. And when you see that Peyton Manning face, you know it's over. It's just, it's the one we've seen so many times. Uh, the frustration sets in, and he just and he sees it. And, uh, I mean, they did a good job uh, on Rivers, I think, uh, for the most part. I mean, they, they limited him to uh, – he took what they gave him. 20 for 36, 217 yards. Uh, but this was – and Gates really showed up, 8 for 87. He seemed like he was open all day long. I don't know how he got that wide open. Uh, but this was the story of Darren Sproles. I know you had a nickname for him there. 23 yeah. carries, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. I, you know, I was texting you left and right going, no problem. Andy's got this with no no problem. They're going to take care of things in the second half. It's no big deal. 
you know, because the spread was basically it was an even game. And uh, I kept thinking that uh, things were going to happen for Indianapolis to where they were going to end up winning with no problem. Uh, but the lightning bug, Darren Sproles, the lightning bug, just, I mean, he went underneath. It, it was like he was going underneath a freaking commode. I mean, yeah. he, he was that small, and but just, just that quick. And Indy couldn't, they didn't have an answer for him. And uh, let's face it, the only touchdown Indy got was on that really quick snap when they caught they caught the guys uh, when they caught San Diego basically just off guard and said okay here we go and yeah. I don't know why they didn't do it more often but they didn't and uh, but uh, uh, for Marty I mean yeah, they, they played great I mean San Diego's defense stepped up to the plate and uh, it's kind of it's kind of eerie because uh, San Diego is playing a lot like the Giants did last year. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to be Pittsburgh, but so be it. Uh, they're still playing very good football, and uh, they beat they beat Indy, and they beat one of the teams that I pegged last week. So, go get them. Well, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fantasy players had Colts uh, going all the way, especially in some of those contests where you could have multiple players from the same team, uh, Peyton went 25 for 42, 310 yards and a touchdown. So you did get a decent game there. Uh, a die, the running game has just been missing all year, 16 for 44 and a touchdown. Uh, something's been amiss with that uh, ground game. I don't know if it's offensive line related or a die. Rhodes seemed to uh, – he always looked like he had uh, control of what he was doing. But you're right, it was that one big play. And I think they burned Marty there, uh, which yeah. is a little bit surprising. But Wayne uh, – uh, four for 129 and a touchdown. It seems like the Colts always have problem uh, with that Chargers secondary when the rest of the league lights them up. I mean, you ha- here you have the the 31st secondary in the NFL, or uh, it was something that bad uh, against wide receivers and 31st in, in the league against quarterbacks. And you know they really give up the the yards in the air. And and to see the Colts always struggle, it's just it's just one of those things. The Chargers have their number. Maybe it's maybe it's coaching staff related. I'm not sure, but uh, well, you know another thing about that Scott. From another thing about that Scott is uh, there's only really one team in that whole conference in that whole division that can light San Diego up, and that's uh, Denver and Jay Cutler. So you take that you t- you take that team out of the equation. And there's not much. I mean, Oakland, Jamarcus Russell, that, they're not going to light them up. So yeah. here's the real test. The real test is uh, comes Pittsburgh, and uh, Pittsburgh. Here comes Pittsburgh. Not, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens there. I mean, Ben might have a big day. He might not. He might not have to have a big day. We'll see what happens with uh, Willie Parker and uh, the whole bunch of running the ball. And well, it, it ought to be a very interesting game. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. We'd like to hear from you and and to find out what you think of this NFL playoffs. We got Mark Ronick in the in the chat room tonight. Welcome aboard, Mark. And we're talking some fantasy playoffs. We've got uh, the Chargers advancing to take on this uh, mean Pittsburgh defense. Uh, number one against quarterbacks. Number two against running backs. Number one against wide receivers. And number nine against tight ends. So there's not a lot here uh, to get excited about if you uh, have Charger players moving on, uh, although Sproles did uh, take care of you week one and Gates did too. I think there was only a couple of players around those leagues, if you looked, that uh, had enough faith in Antonio Gates. 
On the other side of the ball, you've got Roethlisberger, you've got Parker, and you've got a great tandem of Ward and Santonio Holmes. And I think really here's the uh, here's where you can really pick up some points. If you've got Ward or Santonio Holmes, they've got a pretty good matchup against uh, a San Diego secondary that's really uh, allowed it. Now, the question is, will we see the San Diego secondary that showed up against the Colts? Or will we see the San Diego secondary that's been here all year giving up the big plays? Um, another, the wide receiver? another thing, Scott, will you see the same uh, Ben Roethlisberger that can uh, deliver the ball to uh, Ward and Holmes? Uh, that, that's going to be key because I took uh, I took uh, Heinz Ward in one of my leagues, and, you know, I'm going to bank on him. Uh, but, you know, I need Ben, but Ben has to get uh, protection. And the way the San Diego defense has been playing, that's a big iffy right there. Well, that Pittsburgh defense has been dominant all year. So the line here, let's take a look at the line. And we do have the prognosticator in the room, so he, I'm sure he can help us with this as well. Pittsburgh is minus six. Uh, the over-under in this game is 38. So they're looking for uh, about a 22-16 to 16 game here. 22-16 to 16 yep. is what they're predicting. And uh, the money line on San Diego is plus 220 for a team that is uh, one of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, like you said, very very reminiscent of what the Giants did last year. Uh, Mike, San Diego plus 220 versus Pitt. What do you have? I Well, personally, I like uh, I like Pittsburgh. <laughs> Which Mike are you talking huh? to? Pitt minus six or San Diego plus two twenty. I kind of like I kind of like the money line on San Diego in this game, guys. The money line at plus two twenty. It's a value play, right? And Pittsburgh, uh, while they've been a dominant defense, they they haven't been a dominant team uh, all year. They do have some uh, the, the losses that they have. They've had some home losses. I know they lost to the Colts at home, and um, you know this is a game. This is a winnable game. Uh, so if you're going to give me two to one odds on on one of these teams, uh, I'll take the money line in that game. Well, isn't uh, Pittsburgh uh, or San Diego, when they play Pittsburgh in the regular season, they pretty much don't beat them. But when they play them in the playoffs, uh, they're undefeated, something like that. So, I mean, I like trends and when it comes to playoffs and uh, trends, seem, I mean, they seem to work. So, But uh, I'm, I, I like Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh, Scott. No doubt about it. All right, well, let's look at game two last week. Uh, actually, it was game one last week, uh, Atlanta and Arizona. And this was an interesting game for all of us. It's one of those high-scoring shootout-type games that we thought we'd see. And uh, we saw uh, quite a bit of it early on from uh, Arizona. And we just saw a lot of good things from that Matt Ryan. Uh, that whole team is going to be pretty special. Matt Ryan, 26 of 40 for 199 yards and two touchdowns. He actually makes the wide receivers look pretty good. Uh, compared to what we've always seen with Michael Vick. And uh, Roddy White, 11 for 84 and a touchdown. This kid has, uh, you know, elite wide receiver written all over him. Uh, he had a couple – he had a drop there that was just huge. It was probably like a 40-yard drop. That was another five points. And then he uh, was overthrown on a touchdown that should have just been dropped right in. Roddy White, Mike, could have been looking at like 13 catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, you know, that team looks very good. Uh, Atlanta, they got their act together. Uh, and uh, I kind of hate to see them 
hate seeing them leave the playoffs, but on the other side of things, uh, they are looking a big beast next year because their schedule is going to get tough. But, uh, you know, Matt Ryan and uh, Roddy White, uh, they've obviously they've connected. They know what's going on, and uh, they've got it together. And uh, you, you throw in the package with uh, Michael Turner. I mean, this team, they've got a lot of things going on. Uh, so they shouldn't be, uh, you know, I mean, it kind of sucks to not continue on and throughout the playoffs, but on the other side of it, they got a lot to be proud of. They got a lot to be proud of. Just like the Miami Dolphins, I mean, you know, big turnaround there. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of success stories that people need to hang their hats on and uh, be proud of. Well, and Atlanta uh, had a good game. They held – uh, the interesting thing that nobody's really talking about, Arizona held Michael Turner to 18 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown, and they really knew their assignments. It's all, it seemed like they, they got that Colts thing from a couple years ago when the Colts went on their run. Uh, everybody was dogging their defense, and they got it together when they needed to. Arizona was ranked 24th in the league stopping running backs, and they stopped Michael Turner, and he didn't really have anywhere to go. They got in the gaps, and, and they did what they did their job. And, can uh, can you imagine if Peter if Peter got a hundred yards rushing? Well, yeah. That that's the question this week. The question wow. this week. The question this week is: uh, Can Arizona do to uh, Carolina what they did to Atlanta? And Atlanta and mm. Carolina were pretty evenly matched all year round. I mean, let's face it: Atlanta gave Carolina fits, and that was a dogfight to the very bitter end. And Mike, didn't you feel like me? I felt like Arizona had this game in hand pretty much all the whole game. Well, I think so too. I mean, it was it was very much in tight, uh, especially uh, at halftime when uh, when Atlanta got up. And, but the big difference is uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith, uh, you know, if Carolina goes into into halftime down a field goal against Arizona or against yeah against Arizona, uh, they got. Steve Smith, and uh, there, there's a lot of other weapons on Carolina's side that's going to make a big difference. And, uh, you know, that's nothing against Roddy White because Roddy White has proven himself over and over again. But, you know, you, you, you just can't. Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, Steve Smith, and Jake DeLome, plus Carolina's defense, yeah, that's too much to go against. And, uh it ought to be a tough game, but I don't think it'd be, I don't think it'd be that close. I see something like uh, thirty-four, fourteen, something like that. Well, Vegas is like you, Mike. They're, they're, they have Carolina posted as a nine and a half point favorite at a forty-eight and a half over/under, so that's about a thirty to twenty game, uh, twenty-nine, nineteen or so. And uh, man, you know, I see Arizona doing the exact same thing as they did Atlanta: stack the line, stop the run. And you know they're gonna you're, you're gonna pass on them. You're, you're definitely gonna pass on them. Teams pass on them yeah. all year. The question is, can they stop the run like they did against Atlanta? And the answer all season long, Mike, has been no. But they did it when they needed to at home. And so I wonder if they're gonna be able to, if something that's gonna carry over a little well, bit. And, and you know, like I said, that was the only thing that stopped the Colts. What, what made the well, Colts like a, win that Super Bowl is they stopped the run when they hadn't all year. Well, like I said, Scott, I mean they stopped the run when they had to. With Roddy White as your own 
I mean, he he was the only receiver. Right now, you got uh, Steve Smith and some others that Steve Smith is so much better than Roddy White. So, I mean, that just makes so many more options for Carolina versus uh, what what they had to go up against uh, with Arizona. So, I don't know. I, there's just there, there's so there's so many more options for Carolina to explore. And I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to be able to handle it. Well, I think teams are definitely underestimating Arizona. Do I look for Arizona to win the game? I think they have a good shot. At nine and a half points. I've, I've liked Carolina since the beginning here of this playoff. I've I've picked in my uh, pools where I could. You know, a lot of Carolina Panthers to kind of go all the way. I thought they were the team that could beat the Giants. Um, I know some people are really high on Philly this this week, and, and deservedly so. But uh, Arizona is a team that the way they beat Atlanta. Uh, even without Anquan Bolton for a lot of the game. Uh, I know we got open on that one play and, and took off, but this is the type of team that could, you know, these spreads get busted up all the time. I'm not looking at the sure. spreads when we get into the playoffs nearly as much as I do in the in the regular season. And uh, Arizona has a good shot. The money line here is plus 360. So you could be wrong three times here and still, and still make some money, but Arizona plus 360 I think is, is something I can't turn down. I mean, you might be throwing your money away, but, it's uh, it's definitely uh, another value play plus three sixty. I'll take uh, I'll take Arizona in the money line. Pull the upset. Well, I'm I'm really surprised I'm going to take that, but uh, you know I don't blame you because uh, like we talked about the Giants. I mean they ran they ran the table last year. You know everybody uh, said well they can't do it they can't do it. Well they kept winning and winning and winning. Uh, Arizona can they do it? Well sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I mean they can win, but I just don't. Uh, I I really don't see it. And uh, but uh, that's call, and uh, we'll go from there. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. We'd like to hear your comments and what you think about the playoffs this week. The next game, Mike, we saw Baltimore take care of Miami. Looking at these stats, Joe Flacco didn't have to do much, but to be honest. He really couldn't. Miami did their job on Flacco. I know Flacco gets a lot of credit, but 9 for 23 and 135 yards isn't some performance that you're saying, okay, he's really going to go handle Tennessee. Tennessee Titans will probably give him fits. Uh, McLean looks solid, 19 for 75 and a touchdown. He was my pick in the uh, FFPC playoff pool, and he just missed the touchdown right at the end of the game there, just off the t- edge of his hands. Yeah. Flacco threw a pass. <laughs> Almost got two touchdowns there. Mason's a little dinged up, but he's going to play. He had four for 71. And McGahee got a little bit loose uh, on a big run, seven for 62. On the other side of the ball, nothing was going on for Chad Pennington. But like I told you on the show, he had fits with Baltimore's defense. He had fits again uh, on Saturday or on Sunday, 25 for 38, 252, one touchdown and four picks. Uh, Ronnie Brown, 12 carries, 19 yards, nothing going there. They really couldn't solve that Baltimore defense. Now, this morning when I was listening to Mike and Mike, uh, they, Mike was talking about um, how Baltimore's defense really looked like they were tired getting up to the line on that uh, on, in that fourth quarter. Uh, and I didn't get to really see that or observe that. I was kind of in and out just watching the score there. Uh, uh, Mike, did you think that Baltimore looked kind of sluggish there at the end of that game? Yeah, they did. You know, you know I saw that on uh, more than one occasion where they talked about well, they're slow, they're slow, but they still made the play happen. And uh, that's that's scary. If they're that slow, 
and they're that sluggish, getting to the line, making things happen. Uh, you know that that's the beast. It is uh, Baltimore defense, and uh, Baltimore. Uh, you know, I think they look pretty good. I think they're going to be. Uh, you know, destiny is in their hands, and it's a just, lot of people uh, think that. You're me, not the only one. You know, but the one thing about it, though, Scott, is uh, is a bye week can help or it can hurt. And I think in uh, Tennessee's situation, it's going to hurt. Their center, Maui, I mean, is he going to play or not? Because that is a key situation. If you remember back years ago when Oakland made that run when John Gruden was coach, uh, they lost their center because he was whacked out on drugs or whatever. And uh, – he he wasn't there for the Super Bowl, and next thing you know, it was a bad situation. Fumbled snaps left and right. Uh, Rich Gannon couldn't do anything. So a center is a key situation. Mike, Mike Kevin Malai is officially out. He will not play in that AFC Divisional game uh, against Baltimore. So he it's is done, out. Then. And Baltimore's a winner. Yeah, since he injured his right elbow, uh, he is out. And I'll tell you what, Baltimore is going to absolutely give Kerry Collins fits. And, and Mike, I, I always want to, uh, to talk about these playoff games. Uh, that's what we're here to do. But, and we're going to interrupt this segment a little bit because we do have uh, our prognosticator on the line. The prop bets were released today. So everybody, get your pins out. Get ready to take down some picks. The prognosticator is with us. Is that Alex Taganowski? Yeah. Hey. What's up, Alex? How are you, uh, Mike and uh, Scott? How you doing? Well, first of all, uh, all you guys, all you guys uh, uh, who like in Baltimore, you guys are going to be so disappointed this weekend. <laughs> it's not even funny. You know, I had some time to think about this because I also like Baltimore. You know, just like the whole country, it seems like. But they are going to get banked this week and it's not and tell us why funny. why okay yeah first of all this is not the 2000 uh defense not nearly the 2000 defense they can play very well they could be very dominant on occasion but they have had ups and downs the whole season this is not a shutdown defense they could be run on they could be passed on on occasion yes they're good yes they're very good but they can be had that's number one. Number two, they have a rookie quarterback, and as good as the guy is, he's coming into a hostile environment because Tennessee is a great sure. home-field uh, home, home advantage, a very right. good home-field advantage. Okay, this guy is coming into a hostile environment. He's coming in and playing against a defense that could very well be better than Baltimore's defense right now, That now that they're healthy, which they're supposedly they are. Okay. So he's got you got this kid coming into Tennessee, uh, playing against this defense. And lastly, uh, first of all, Mawai, the Mawai thing is not an issue. A center, uh, a, a center is important for the exchange, but as far as protection, as far as run blocking, I mean, if the line is good and if they have a capable backup, the center is not usually a spot that you know is gonna is gonna make the offensive line fall apart. Well, that, so, I, I like that, Alex, but I totally disagree. Keep going. Well, yeah, but look, the, I mean, I don't think that's my opinion. I think 
generally speaking, the center is really not the position. I mean, you could talk about guards. You could talk about you could talk about the um, the tackles, long snapper. But, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, so that's kind of how I see it. I think the question is, though, I think you kind of hit it. Which defense is better? And Baltimore, we know, is good. Tennessee has been solid all year against fantasy options. Tennessee's number four against the quarterback, Baltimore number three. Tennessee's number eight against running backs, Baltimore number one. And uh, Tennessee is number three against wide receivers, Baltimore number five. If there's any weak spot at all, Tennessee's number 17 against the tight end, whereas Baltimore's number 10. Yeah, that, that that was a point I was going to make. Uh, Todd Heap could have a big day. This could be fun for Todd Heap and uh, Joe Flacco to get. Well, I'm sure they've been communicating throughout the week, but uh, I, I really think they could try to establish the run just a little bit. But Todd Heap just little dink and dunks, six six eight yard passes, and yeah. uh, they're they're going to have to cover up on Todd Heap. And next thing you know, Dick Mason he could be he could be open. Um, I'm not saying that Tennessee can blow them out, but I, I still feel like that Baltimore uh, has enough defense to stop the Tennessee run and put uh, put enough hands in Collins' face to where uh, they're three and out left and right and let Baltimore have a chance. Well, Alex, that's why we have you on the show is to uh, to get your opinion on these games and uh, let's let's find out. They released some player props this week, so everybody get your pins ready. Uh, what what props are we looking at this week? Well, today I have uh, three value plays as I see them. One of them I have I have never bet before, uh, probably in my life, and I'm going to give it to you today because I think this is even though it's a minus two hundred, meaning that you have to lay. Uh, 200 to win 100, and I never ever lay this much wood on a play. But I think this is right. such a value play, and I'll tell you what it is: it's Ed Reed to not have an interception, and that's mm. minus 200. And the reason now everybody said, "Wait a minute, Ed Reed not have an interception? Why would you?" Well, here here's the way it works: how many interceptions does Ed Reed have? Six? Yeah, six or eight, probably. Well. Yeah, six or eight. What are the odds, just strictly speaking, what are the odds of a defensive back having an interception in any one particular game? You know, you figure, are they five to one? Are they six to one? I was going to say 50, 60 to one. Yeah, I mean, the odds are huge. Now, fine. You want to take Ed Reed. You want to say he's the number one in the league. Great. I mean, his odds could be three, four to one. But he's on fire. One? Yeah. But two to one to say that the odds of his, of his, of him getting an interception is two to one. I'm sorry, I, I just don't buy it. I have to lay the two, two to one. I have to lay the two hundred, and I'm going to say that if he beats me, he beats me. But I'm going to say he doesn't get an interception every second game, which is basically what this line is saying. Good call, Alex. Good call. My number two play is, well, this is pretty obvious because I got. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald over under on receptions five and a half. So I'm going to take the over here, over five and a half, and lay the thirty cents. Uh, I don't think much explanation needs to be said here. Larry Fitzgerald, Bolden's most likely out. I mean, they're going to have to they're going to have to pass and pass and pass in order to win. And uh, I don't see how this guy gets less than six receptions. 
That's interesting. I, uh, I'd like to look that one up. I, I know I heard somewhere that their, their strategy is going to be to key on Fitz, to double him, to leave Breston and Urban open. And, Breston open. And, yeah, and let those guys have their, uh, have their day. But just looking at Fitzgerald to see why that line is like it is, uh, let's see, you know, here's his reception counts, 3, 6, 7, 8, 7, 5, 7, 6, 8, 10, 5, 5, 6, 5, 3, 5, 6. Okay, here's why, yeah. The last eight games, 5, 5, 6, 5, 3, 5, 6. He's getting on it. He's getting, he's had six twice out of the last eight games. So, you know, uh, and th- but this is one of those clutch games you're going to have to win, you're going to have to throw, and he's going to be in the game. Well, if uh, the guys that are making this line are looking at those last six, five games, and that's why they come up with this five-and-a-half over-under, then I'm glad I caught it because, first of all, there is no such thing as doubling Fitz for Larry Fitzgerald. It, it does not exist. You could double him, and he'll still catch six balls for 100 yards. Yeah. Okay, that's number one. Number two, if you take a look at the games where Bolden is out, Fitz goes nuts in those games. So... You know, any argument that could be said, well, you know, Bolden is out, they're going to double-team Fitzgerald, again, goes out the window because he still gets his uh, his share of, uh, of production. So, anyway, I mean, look, obviously I could lose this play just like any other play, but uh, I think he gets his six receptions tomorrow. He's definitely – he's six foot three. He does command the double-team when he's out there, uh, but it's, it's almost impossible to cover the guy. Um, the, the question is, will he force it in there when he sees that coverage uh, on those defensive backs, and maybe even the safeties coming in? And uh, you know that that's what you have to look at. Bolden's got uh, if Bolden's not out there, you've got uh, you've got a big target out there in Fitz that he's got to get the ball to. But will he force it? And if if you think like everybody else, you know Carolina's going to be ahead in this game, and so you know uh, Warner's going to be throwing a lot in that second half. Right, and and that has to play into into the thinking as far as Carolina being a ten point favorite. So you got to figure that that Warner, uh, you know, is going to put up fifty passes. You know, certainly in the fourth, third, or fourth quarter, he's going to put up a lot of those fifty passes. So some of them have to go to Fitz. <laughs> All right. All right, and the third one I usually give you three, and my third play of the day is also this is purely a value play. And it is Darren Sproles, whether or whether or not he will get a touchdown against the Steelers. And I say, and this is a strange line to begin with, because uh, the line is no touchdown plus 120. So they're basically oh, wow. saying, yeah. So they're basically wow. saying that That's good. that he will get a touchdown, uh, because I think the other way is minus 140 or something like that. I mean, it's it's pretty. Uh, well, that looks backwards, Mike. Why? That looks like a trap or something. What's what's up? Yeah, with that? it does. I mean, I don't like that, Alex. I mean, that that's that's an awesome pick uh, because I see, you know, there's going to be some scoring involved in that game, and uh, you know, I really like that pick, Alex. Well, good job. I mean, Darren Sproles is. Uh, let's let's be honest here. He he's not. He's no LT. Not yet. No. Okay. So uh, for him to score a touchdown in the game is no guarantee. And uh, let's not forget who he's playing. So uh, for anyone uh, to score a touchdown in the game is no guarantee. So, um, and over the, you know, anyone who's been following my plays over the year, you guys know that I love to bet uh, against players scoring 
in the course of a game, especially when it's like even money or when I'm getting, you know, five or ten or twenty cents. I love that because the odds of a player scoring, even the best players in the NFL are really, you know, are, are against them. Uh, you know, going into each uh, each individual game. That's how I see Alex. It. Alex, we didn't. I didn't catch the line there. I didn't write it down. Fifth over under five and a half. Minus uh, what was the? Uh, what was it? Minus thirty. Minus thirty. Wow. All right, well, there you have it. There's the three plays. Uh, Ed Reed not to have an interception. Fitz over five and a half catches. And Sproles, no touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they started uh, releasing that uh, early. I guess it's uh, on time for the playoffs. Very likely they probably did that last Friday. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, they did. But, they, uh, they released it. Yeah, they released it last Friday because of the Saturday games. But uh, uh, the reason why I stopped calling in the last uh, few game the last few weeks of the regular season is because they stopped releasing them on Friday, so I wasn't able to get them out and get them in time for your show. Well, we appreciate you stopping by, guys, and uh, hope, hopefully uh, everybody got those picks uh, wrote down. Uh, Mr. Kaganowski, the prognosticator, stopping by on Red vs. Blue Sports Radio. Yeah. Appreciate it, Alex. Thanks for stopping by. You're welcome. Hey, Alex, uh, just uh, keep in touch uh, throughout, uh, throughout the rest of the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and uh, We'll, uh, we'll keep on touch uh, throughout the spring and summer, and we'll we'll keep on keep on keeping on. And uh, but uh, we really appreciate you, man. I think Alex takes some time off in the off season. He he likes to get a get a little away from the from the football <laughs> after pouring into it every week. But yeah. thanks a lot, Alex. All right, see you guys. That was the prognosticator, and we've got uh, we got those three value plays, Mike. Let's get right back to where we were uh, when we left off. We had just broke down the Arizona-Carolina game, and we were getting ready to go to that Baltimore-Tennessee. We did get to talk about it a little bit, but the spread here is Tennessee minus three. The over-under is 34. So what is that? They're looking at a uh, 18 to 15 game here, something like that. Uh, yeah, but game. I, you know what? Uh, it's hard to uh, – whenever I see a Baltimore game and an over-and-under of 34 – that tells me that it's really going to go under. When I see a Baltimore game and the over and under is 32, 33, it's going to really go under. Uh, I like uh, I like Baltimore in this game. Uh, I like it for uh, Derek Mason and LeVon McLean. I mean, your guy LeVon McLean is going to have fun, uh, but it's going to be smash mouth, and I just cannot see Chris Johnson – getting enough yards to where Linda White can have fun in the end zone. And I cannot see Terry Collins being comfortable with that Baltimore defense. It's just that it all comes back to beat. It all comes back to defense. I mean, it's going to be tough, Scott. I, I mean, it really is. Baltimore is that good. So, I saw what a you lot say? Of teams, I mean, Mike, I, I saw a lot of teams with um... – with Chris Johnson on their fantasy lineups this this year, and I'm like, man, look at the matchups this guy has to face. If they do beat Baltimore, which I, I thought was a lock to beat Miami, then they have to come back and play Pittsburgh. So you're not getting any favors here by taking Chris Johnson. You have to play Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the first two games, and then, you know, very likely in the Super Bowl you're playing the Giants or something like that. So Chris Johnson just didn't seem like a guy that I wanted to spend a roster pick on. No, 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 not at all. I mean, you know, I – I'm in a league where uh, we have so many units we could take throughout the playoffs, and uh, I've got uh, 
on my team, I've got uh, Todd Heath on Baltimore defense, and I have nobody on Tennessee. I've got uh, I got Jake DeLome, I got Steve Smith, I got D'Angelo Williams. The reason because I think Carolina is going to win the game and continue forward because we only only have so many roster moves we can make. But uh, I've got nobody on Tennessee, and that's just my personal opinion. I, I don't think Tennessee can beat Baltimore, and Maybe they will. Uh, you know, you know, Fisher. He always has a game plan. He always has something in in, in sight. But uh, Baltimore does too. <laughs> well, we've definitely got uh, the questions abound for that Tennessee Baltimore game, and uh, I, I think uh, everybody's kind of torn on this game. I know Baltimore has been the trendy pick, and uh, several people picked uh, Baltimore to go all the way. Uh, including uh, one of our FFPC friends, Dave Gerzak. He said that Baltimore would uh, was his sleeper pick uh, to go all the way, and this was before they even made the playoffs. So there's a – you know, Baltimore is one of those teams that if they get hot at the right time, they've got leadership. You're always looking for leadership on uh, on in sports these days, uh, and, and it seems to be more and more important as the years go on. And, uh, boy, they've got a lot of that with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, uh, just those guys on the defense. So that's why that – interception play kind of scares me. I can see I can see Baltimore holding this game down and then, you know, the end of a half or in you know, they're throwing up a prayer, they're trying to get something and Ed Reed's just kind of, you know, he comes down with those balls. He has a he has a way of kind of hawking that ball and, and getting where he needs to be, but What are you talking about leadership, Scott? Uh, you know, the whole team knows what it's all about. Uh, Ray Lewis, I mean, you can like him or not like him, but when when you get on the field with Ray Lewis, you know what it's all about. It's game on. It's time. It's time to get it done. And uh, he knows that. And he respects uh, Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco uh, respects Ray Lewis because they're on the same page. They want. They have a goal. They, they, there is one common goal there, and that's to get to the Super Bowl and not just get to it, but win it. And you know whether you're a first year rookie. Or whether you're Ray Lewis, been been in the league for a long time, you have a common goal, and that's what it's all about. And I think those two, that they see it from the offensive side and the defensive side, and that's a good mesh. Mike, we're also experiencing some errors here. Uh, we're getting a message from Blog Talk Radio. They're currently undergoing some maintenance. They're thanking us for our patience and the service will be available again soon. So it doesn't sound like we can get those callers that were on the air, that were on hold on the switchboard on the air because the switchboard is down. So, guys, well, we're talking, you. aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yep, we are. I'm, I'm glad. I, I hope that uh, the signal's still going out there for everybody. It looked like the chat room was still was still rolling fine. It looks like they're uh, they're there. Yep, prognosticator's still there. He had a 65% winning percentage on the props this year, and, and a lot of those were value plays. So you're coming out a lot better than that. Uh, Mike, we've got a fourth game here. So, again, I like Baltimore plus 130. I think that uh, value you can't, uh, again, it's another play you can't turn down. Uh, finally, uh, the hottest team uh, going in the NFC right now, Philly. Uh, at it's going to be good one, Scott. The Giants are not hot by any stretch of the imagination. You saw they lost two games. They came back and, and beat uh, the Carolina Panthers in what was just a great game. I mean, watching that was just – like I was watching playoff football, and and then they come back and lose a game that they really didn't need to win. 
they are on on the slide here. And let's talk about this Philly G-Men game, Mike. G-Men are four-point favorites. The over-under is 39. So what are we looking at here? Uh, 24 to 20. No. What is that? Twenty two to eighteen. Yep, twenty two to eighteen. I'm gonna break it. I'm gonna break it down real quick, Scott, and then I'll I'll let you break it down. Uh, okay. This game, this really intrigues me. It's probably one of the best games of the uh, of, of the Elite Eight that we have going. Um, the Giants are coming off of uh, they're they're coming off of a bye, and that's good for them. But no, it's not. Philly is hot. They're rolling. They're playing good. Uh, the defense is doing well. You know, Donovan McNabb, I mean, he's hit his stride. And uh, with Brian Westbrook, and the thing is, Brian Westbrook coming out of the backfield, he's he's able to uh, hit him up out of the backfield. Uh, the Giants, you know, I don't know. Don, I mean, uh, Eli Manning. He he hasn't thrown for over 200 yards since uh, week five, and what you got to remember is, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they had their bye. They haven't had early. to. They haven't had to though. In all honesty, they haven't had to. They're, when you're running the ball that well, you don't have to pass. No, you don't. But uh, they're missing one one real ingredient, and uh, that's uh, a. <laughs> Pow, pow, pow. Oh, I'm sorry. I shot myself in the leg. Uh, that was, uh, they're missing classical furnace. And that's going to be a big ingredient that's going to hurt the Giants, that's going to hurt Eli Manning. They're going to miss him. Because Dominic Hickson can only fill in for so much. Steve Smith can only do so much. So uh, I think that's going to be the, that's going to be the, pow, pow. The killer for the uh, for the Giants. I, I see Philly winning this game. Well, I've got Tucker Dish in the chat room as well. He said that Philly's going to stack the line against the run and no Plaxico, and I kind of agree with that. Um, here, here's what I see: you've got a secondary that doesn't have to worry about Plaxico. A lot of games against Plaxico, you have to you have to leave them out there for that coverage because Plaxico will burn you. And just like he proved all last year in the playoffs, Plaxico is the reason why the Giants won that Super Bowl. Plaxico is the reason why they beat the Packers. Plaxico is the reason why they advanced in the playoffs. You don't have Plaxico. You've got a big, big problem on your hands. Now, granted, they're a better run game uh, this year. Brandon Jacobs is the face of that offense. He gives them their identity. Uh, and the, the G-Men are going to focus on that. They're going to do earth, wind, and fire all day long. They're going to pound the ball, uh, and they're going to make. Uh, but Philly's going to say, "Hey, we're we're going to we're going to attack that run, and you're going to have to beat us, uh, Eli." And so he's going to have to throw the ball. So Hickson's going to have to get open and do his thing. Uh, I think I think the Giants uh, dropped the ball. Didn't Hickson drop that long touchdown possibility earlier this year against Philly uh, in a game that they 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 should have won if if he'd have caught that? I'm not sure. I can't. Uh, it seems like I remember that play, but. Uh, here's what I see also. Philadelphia, look at this. Westbrook, 20 carries last week for 38 yards. Now, granted, that's against Minnesota. But what's wrong with Westy? I mean, you're going to see that screen pass again. When he, he took that 171-yarder to the house, you're going to see Philly go with a lot of screens. You're going to see uh, Westy get stuffed all day, I think, by the G-men. And you're going to have to see Buckhalter do something. Maybe he's got enough you know, power to get through. I don't, I don't see Westy doing it. 
Uh, McNabb was 23 of 34 for 300 yards and a touchdown against Minnesota. I think everybody throws there. But they really well, one thing it. one thing that happened out of that Scott was uh, yeah. the uh, the Westy he wasn't getting it done off the line. So what they did they kind of made him a flanker, and that's where McNabb got the uh, touchdown to Westbrook. I mean they made him a flanker and said, "Okay, here we go." Well, you've also got nothing on uh, this Philly Minnesota game was pretty competitive, and. Tavares Jackson was just terrible, 15 for 35, 164 yards, and no touchdowns with a pick. I mean, a quarterback like that, you're Minnesota. You had everything about this game you had going for you. You let one big play by Westy. But other than that, they had Philly right where they wanted them. They got no quarterback play. Right. If they get any type of a quarterback in the offseason, Minnesota's going to be a team to reckon with. But like I said, Philly didn't look that great. But the G-men – Aren't that hot right now. They're not the G-men that we saw earlier in the year, although they did beat Carolina in that in that game, that wild game that uh, had a lot of us feeling like we were watching playoff football. Um, the, the G-men look good, but they are not on a roll. Philly's on a roll. No. Andy Reid, he's growing out the beard. He's letting it go. It's a good storyline. <laughs> McNabb is there. He had the big faux pas and the, the thing about the overtime. And, and the NFL likes storylines. And I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think they're going to find a way to get Philly past this game. I and then totally got, agree. And, and then you've got a, a showdown in the following week. I think the G-Men, this is the game the Giant fans were worried about. They got it. And you have no Plaxico. Look, you've lost Plaxico. I'm talking to you, G-Men fan. You lost Plaxico. You lost Strahan. You lost uh, O.C. You like, you, hey, Scott, you sound like the ShamWow guy. Hey, camera guy, I'm talking. I'm talking to you, camera guy. You got 30 seconds. Now. I'm talking to you. You, all, you. you can't lose that much and think you're just going to go and waltz into the playoffs just because you have a good run game. You've exactly. Got, this is a team effort. You've got to have special teams, offense, defense, coaching, the whole nine yards, and you don't have a passing game. Now, I've seen Baltimore do it once without a passing game. They won the year Tampa yep. won with defense. They had a passing game. Uh, was that Brad Johnson? He was throwing to Keyshawn and all those guys. They were throwing to him over and over again. Yeah, Brad uh, Johnson and Trent Dilfer. Yeah. For Baltimore. Right. Other than that, now, you better you better have some semblance of a passing game. But those were Hall of Fame defenses, and and the Giants. I mean, they're good, but they've lost a lot of talent. And is Tuck? Where's Tuck? Is he he's out too? Right. So. They've lost a lot of talent on this He's defense. He's talking to Buck right now. <laughs> Give me Philly plus 175 to complete my sweep. Philly plus nice. 175, Arizona plus 360, San Diego plus 220, Baltimore plus 130. I told you at the top of the show I would turn $20 into a wow. free main event entry at the WCFF. This is how it's done. Mark that down. What, four, what is that again, Scott? Take all Let's four. Go again. Road underdog money lines, twenty dollars wins you eighteen forty. You can get it to you. Uh, you can get it right now on any sports book, VIP.com, uh, BetUS. Twenty dollars wins eighteen forty. Philly plus one seventy five. Arizona plus three sixty. San Diego plus two twenty. Baltimore plus one thirty. If you want to back it up, go ahead and back it up. Uh, throw down uh, twenty dollars. Throw down on Arizona. Baltimore, on Baltimore and Philly. Just throw down twenty dollars on Baltimore and Philly money lines, okay? I agree. And with there that. you have 
You'll have five to one on your money, twenty to win one oh six. That one's a lock. Just go ahead and take matter of fact, here's how I'd like to do it. Take the Oh will you stop? Will you stop? No, no, no. Here's here's how I want to do it. Take the twenty dollars, bet it on the Baltimore Philly Moneyline Parlay. That'll win you one oh six. I like that. And take your bank. Go ahead. You take your bank. I know I'm going to win that 106. Take that 106 back on that 14 parlay and say, you know what, I'm going for broke here. 106, that'll win you, uh, let's see, times five here. Uh, carry the one. Uh, you're at $9,000 for that $20 uh, for that $20 wager that won you $100. You take that 100 back on a 14 parlay with all four road dogs, money lines, you turn that twenty dollars into nine thousand dollars. Well, I'm gonna tell you what I did, Scott. I've already played Baltimore and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Philly. Philly. Yeah, I've already played Baltimore and Philly. The Baltimore Philly uh, money line parlay is beautiful. Yep. Twenty to win one hundred six. Five to one I your money. I totally with agree. Baltimore Philly parlay. And it's not that big of a stretch, gang. Don't look is, uh, too much. Is Neil Carolina out there? Loses Carolina loses close games, and they were they ran neck and neck with Atlanta all year round. And it's the Arizona. Carolina will not lose to Arizona. Carolina will not lose to Arizona. I'm sorry that I can't I, like, uh, I can't mute Mike in the chat room because our uh, our switchboard is down right now, so Mike is not mutable. Damn. <laughs> can I be mutable so Neil can get on here? Well, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get this up and running. It looks it looks like um, can you be mutable? <laughs> hey Scott, Blog are you mutable? Coming back. Oh, you know what? What? There it is. I muted Mike, and I'm bringing on Doctor Dis. Doctor Dis, welcome to the show. Hey, you guys doing tonight? You, you hear that? A, you got a pretty good argument going on here, don't you? <laughs> Do you hear that? What's that? It's silence. Hey, he had never heard it. He silenced the blues. <laughs> it's music to my ears, Dish. Well, what do you think about that parlay? Baltimore Philly money line, twenty to win one hundred six. I like it. I like it. Um, I don't know. I tell you what, these are just going to be great games. I'm really looking forward to them. The Eagles and Giants. That's just a hard hitting game, boy. That's just. A, they might be Giants, boy. They might be Giants, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Go Philly! And I, is is Bolden? Is he out for the game, or do they know he's yet? not out? He's he's going to test. The, he's not going to test the hammy until game time, and so they, he is going to play. It sounds like he's going to play and going to get in the game, but they're not. They don't know what they're dealing with. You, you know, you need your. He's a speed guy and a power guy, and you need your hammy for both those. So it's gonna be it's gonna be questionable whether or not what what kind of shape that hammy is in. It's it's a pain you can you know play with uh, on a limited basis. It's not an injury like LT has. LT's not gonna see the field. Uh, he's definitely out. And you've got that. The, the reason why this is important. Most of your playoff lineups, you know, you set your rosters and you're done. You set them and forget them. But that NFFC playoff, the Fantasy 911 contest, you have to drop your players that have, that are out and put in new players that you think are gonna win. And, you know, if you had Bolden in your lineup, now's the time that you're going to get double points in that contest. Uh-huh. But you really you really need to drop him, cut your losses, and put in another player that you think might have a chance, like a Antonio Holmes or a, 
or a Heinz Ward or something. Well, see, that's Scott, that's, that's, telling me you get that's kind of the same thing. The week going. Yeah, you get double this yeah. week, you get triple points the following week, and then you get quadruple points if they make it to the Super Bowl. That's kind of the same thing I'm going through with the playoffs this week. I mean, I, I, you get eight drops. You okay, get eight yeah, drops. And uh, I've already had to, I've had to drop three players, and I'm going to keep on uh, hanging on to uh, the Carolina players and keep on moving on. Well, this should be a uh, this has been a really fun playoffs, guys. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's one of those playoffs that you don't see a lot of the offensive superstars, but there are some deep. This is going to be defensive weekend. And it all starts tomorrow. So what are, what are the games tomorrow? I don't have that in front of me. Let me pull that up. I don't have that either. Let me, let me get that thing. Yeah, we've got, uh, let's see, we've got Arizona or Baltimore, Tennessee tomorrow. Uh, that's the first game. Oh, okay. Or, what a defensive I'm game. I'm not for sure if that's the first game. But Baltimore, yeah, Tennessee, four, four, Tennessee minus three and 34 is the over and under. Uh, and the evening game uh, Arizona, will be Carolina. Arizona, Carolina. Carolina minus ten and forty eight and a half. Hey, that that spreads down to nine and a half though. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Watch that half a point. Oh, I got nine. Oh. That that could be a big difference when you're talking about Kurt Warner and Steve Preston. That could be a big difference. Uh, Sunday, obviously San Diego Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is six and thirty eight. Philly at the Giants. Giants minus four and thirty-nine. Wow. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun uh, talking NFL playoffs. Let's uh, finish up this last five minutes. And, and for everybody in the chat room, thanks for being here. NFL playoffs is why you're here, uh, and we like to give you as much NFL as we can. Uh, we are going to finish up our show here. Um, we're going to come back uh, with a little bit of uh, Louisville and Kentucky basketball. Um, because I think we've covered the playoffs pretty good. We gave you guys the tip to turn in, turn your twenty dollars into nine thousand uh, with just two simple parlays. Uh, and we hope that you take advantage of that and you call us back next week and let us know uh, how you're going to spend that cash. Uh, but we are going to we're we're going to take a break here and come back and talk Louisville and Kentucky basketball. Uh, so stay with Dr. Dish, uh, Mike Trent, and myself. Uh, I'm Scott Atkins, and we'll be back. Uh, for that Kentucky and Louisville segment. Be right back.
more live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. All right, guys, we're back on Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us. We're going to finish up uh, our little segment here with a little bit of Louisville and Kentucky basketball. Please join us every Friday night at 11 p.m. We'll talk all the NFL action, recapping this round of the playoffs, and we're going to always talk about Louisville and Kentucky basketball in the offseason. Thanks for joining us, guys. Let's talk, uh, guys, about this Louisville and Kentucky game. Uh, 74-71, to L's Edgar Sosa who was this close from being transferred. Patino said he had a couple of teams in his pocket. He was ready for uh, Edgar. He said, man, there's nothing wrong. Edgar was like, why are you picking on me, man? You're not as tough on the other guys as you are on me when I miss a shot. And he said, Edgar, the reason why I talk to you like that is because every time you miss a shot, you get down on yourself, and your attitude is not where it needs to be. And he just really put it and said it like it is. And uh Edgar said, uh, you know, give me one more shot, Coach. He was ready to uh, transfer him. He had a couple of schools in his pocket. He said, I got a couple of choices here. And he uh, he decided to stay. And he said, give me one more shot, Coach. And he did. He got that shot, and he had a heck of a game, including that game-winning buzzer beater uh, from deep. Mike, I hope you got to see that shot. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got to see the shot, and he was going to take it the whole way because uh, there were uh, two players on the wings. Uh, what I saw throughout the entire game, bits and pieces, were uh, I saw a couple of young men that really grew and on both sides, uh, Sosa and, uh, of course, Patterson and Meeks, and you go into Freedom Hall and do what you do and make things happen. I was very impressed by the way Kentucky played and – I really, uh, typical I, UK I've, I've never been, do I? I say it was a typical UK U of L finish. So it, it was, yeah. I mean, it, it was just exciting. I, it just, it was seven the way down with a minute to go or under a minute and, and made a game. Well, you know, Kentucky, <laughs> I mean, let, let's face it. Let's face it, Neil. I mean, they, they made things happen in the last uh, minute, minute and a half. And exactly. I see those things happening. Uh, and I won't forget that that battle I got with Scott for the first to make the Final Four because I think I'm going to be a winner. Yeah. Well, Kentucky's a couple players away, and the problem is the problem is that the guys that they have on our team will be in the NBA by the time those guys uh, by the time those other guys are ready. So it's not going to be that easy. They've got some good things going. Patino had some genuinely nice things to say about them, and and he wasn't saying that. He he stated several times it's not because we won this game that I'm saying this. He said they they have a lot of good things going for them, and a lot of the stats that I look for in a team, he said it reminds me of my 96 team. He said obviously it's because, you know, a lot of people will say that's the schedule that they played, but a lot of those stats that he's looking for are uh, reminiscent of his 96 team. So, you know, Kentucky's got a lot to hang their hat on. I I don't have anything bad to say about them other than they suck. Uh, but they, 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 they <laughs> that makes his turn into a real consistent player, though. That boy yeah. is really uh, he's going to be a star, I think. Well, I'll tell you what. One thing about it is uh, there won't be UNLV will not be walking in that door tomorrow at noon. 
Well, that's a, that's great that we talk about that because Louisville has uh, – I just want to look ahead here, Dr. Dish, before we talk about you know this, before we talk about this Villanova game, uh, number 17 Villanova, oh, Louisville Villanova. goes on the road Damn, tomorrow. Damn, I got the wrong date. And uh, listen to this schedule, Dr. Dish. On the 10th of January, Louisville plays number 17 Villanova. On the 12th, number 13 Notre Dame. On the 17th, number 1 Pittsburgh. On the 25th, number 9 Syracuse. On the 22nd, on the 31st, number 22 West Virginia. And on the 2nd, number 5 UConn. In 24 days, the Cardinals play six ranked teams, Dr. Dish. I agree. I mean, they really got to get the uh – Get the lineup settled, and they got to get some uh, players uh, ready to ready to play. Come in in reserves. That's a really tough schedule. Uh, well, and we're, we're trying to figure out who that guy is going to be. Who's going to come off the bench and give us that Juan Palacios points? We've got. You know, you know Scott, I, I'm I'm loving listening to you rattle off because the Big East is a monstrous conference. I mean, that is. I mean, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine them having a BCS appearance. And <laughs> you're telling me that they got an appearance in a bowl series versus Utah. Uh, but anyway, that's a different sport. But anyway, uh, basketball. That I mean, that's a monstrous conference. Well, they were monsters last year too, Mike. And Louisville, uh, they they showed that they can definitely play with the Big East when they when they rolled uh, to a to a dominant season uh, last year uh, in the Big East. Um, look at the, uh, I think they had like two. Well, yeah, you have to win your home game. But Louisville was fourteen and four in the Big East. Okay, this is a team that can handle the Big East pressure and the grind. This is a grind though, like we've never seen. You've got nine teams that are ranked in the top twenty-five uh, this year. And it's brutal. Uh, you you can't look past any team. Villanova's a, a solid team. team. You could have six losses and win this league. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> it, you know, I totally agree with that. I mean, it is that brutal. I mean, it's going to be tough, and uh, that's fun competition. That that's going to make them great come March. I mean, I, I hope that every conference is that way. Whether it's the Atlantic Ten, uh, the Big East, ACC. Uh, SEC. It's happening like that. You seen how Boston College did the other day? They knocked off North Carolina, you know. Yes. And, and then they get knocked and off. And got beat by Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Uh, but you got to come ready to play every night. I mean, and, and there's teams. I think Pitt's kind of dis- opening themselves up a little bit in our league. And, and UConn looks like they've got all the pieces. To me, they just got. They can get the, the big center involved a little more in a game. In the games, you know, he's a. Well, Villanova is 8-0. Uh, shooting is out of this world. Pittsburgh is Villanova is Villanova is 8-0 at home, uh, so it's not going to be easy uh, to, to beat this team uh, at home. They weren't easy to beat last year. They were just uh, a bunch of firecrackers, and they've got a they've got another good roster that's uh, scoring some points. Yep. You know, I was listening to uh, JT the Brick. You ever heard JT the Brick, Scott? Oh Neil? yeah, yeah, like him and. I was listening to him on the way home, and uh, a caller called in from Georgia said, well, I really don't like Florida, but I was rooting for Florida to win the, win the game against Oklahoma. And, you know, I just, I can't get it. I mean, when you're a rival, you're a rival, and 
I can't root for a, another team, but uh, no, the we don't want to lose their team. And, and we don't want you to. You've, on this Villanova team, uh, you've got to you've got to beat Corey Stokes and Scotty Reynolds. They're both forty percent uh, from the three point line. Uh, both those guys just absolutely light it up, and uh, those are the two guys that are shooting the most. Yeah, Reynolds. Uh, Stokes on that team. Yeah, Stokes and Reynolds. Stokes and Reynolds. Okay. Yeah. Yep, those are the two guys you're going to have to look for, and uh, I don't know. I, when I look at that schedule, then we come down here, and, you know, they play number 13 Notre Dame on Monday night. That's going to be a fun game. I've got a, an Irish fan. We always like to get together and watch that game, and you've got Heron Gody, obviously, uh, you know, chomping at the bit. To it's get not Kelly Tropeka, is it? you got Kelly Tropeka. <laughs> <laughs> you got Heron Gody chomping at the bit here to, to get his revenge Adrian on this Bantley. team that absolutely put it to Notre Dame uh, early on last year. And uh, you've got Samardo Samuels. Uh, he's going to get his really first test of the year against Heron Gody. They, they, that's a kind of nice matchup there. They're both big, strong, physical players. They're going to be going at each other. I hope Samardo can learn how to stay out of foul trouble against him. You know, that's just my concern. Hey, Mike, you'll appreciate this. Uh, the Notre Dame fan that I had lunch with, he said that uh, Mike Davis from IU, everybody remembers Mike yep. Davis, he he looked at Heron Gody when he was in uh, high school, and he said he wasn't good enough to play for his, for, for his team or for anybody in the Big Ten. <laughs> you're kidding me. Yeah. Wow, was he wrong. Well, let's yeah, look at you're not kidding. Schedule. Let's look at his U.K. schedule. And, and the thing that I find interesting, you know, you've got Vandy, you, uh, you've got yep. Tennessee, number 25 Tennessee. You've got Georgia all this month, Auburn, Alabama. All these teams, like the one thing I find interesting, for the rest of the year, Kentucky plays only one ranked team, number 25 Tennessee. So, Mike, what happened to the SEC? The SEC in basketball is very, very weak. Uh, you know, it. I, it's a product. It's a product of uh, circulation. The way things happen. Uh, one one year it's the uh, Big East. Uh, one year it's the Big Ten. One year it's the SEC. Uh, this year, the Big East is the Big East. I mean, it is the beast. Uh, the SEC is not very good. So uh, that, you know, being a UK fan, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about things because uh, not only do we are we able to uh, win a bowl game on January second? But chances are we're gonna we're gonna make it to the tournament with no problem, and because it's a weak conference, it's just it, it, it's a circulation process, Scott. I, I don't know how else to put it. Oh, that, that Arkansas team's been a surprise in your conference, and all that. Well, yep. they've got a lot. They've got all year to prove themselves to see if they can't get up there. But I mean, even if you do well in the SEC. It doesn't look like you're going to get a seed that's going to give you an easy road at all. I mean, if if, if Kentucky, I look at, uh, I like to look at Joe Lenardi's uh, bracketology every week just to kind of see I what do he's too. going I on. Do too. He had Kentucky as his last team in, and so it was like an 11 seed uh, for Kentucky just yeah. to make just to be one of those last uh, you know teams to uh, to pop in there to the 64. But uh, I don't know. It's going to be a fun year, and I think Louisville yeah. and Kentucky both have a lot to ha- hang their hat on, and. Uh, We'll see if Louisville can overcome this uh, monster schedule that they have in front of them. Yeah, it's it's going to be brutal. And, uh, you know, me not being a Louisville fan, to be honest with you, I care less what they do, but it, it's very hard uh, not to root for them because 
it is a very tough schedule, and it's it's a very tough conference, and it's going to be uh, fun and contentious throughout. Well, we'll be tuned in for sure. 12 o'clock tomorrow, Louisville at Villanova. It's a big game for the Cards. Uh, they, they need to string a couple of games together here. And if you're a Cardinal fan, you finally have the, 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 the lineup that you wanted to see come in here. You've got some Samardo in the paint. You've got Earl Clark, Terrence Williams. Uh, you've got Jerry Smith, and you've got Edgar Sosa. You, then you've got your off, you guys off the bench. You've got Preston Knowles and George Good. And, you know, you're hoping one of these freshmen maybe come off and give them a little bit of a spark because the bench with Andre McGee is just not deep enough. You need another guy or two, Terrence Jennings maybe or – uh, one of the other freshmen to come through here and, and spark this spark this bench. Preston Knowles has been an absolute surprise, yeah, and he's been he's shooting gone. lights out over 40% from the three-point line, and he, he plays good on defense, and I know Rick likes to see that. But hopefully Sosa has his head screwed on straight. Hopefully Clark is back in it. He looked great uh, the other night in South against Florida, South yeah. Florida. So, you know, uh, we got a lot to, to hope for. We just gotta we just got to start, uh, start where we're at and, and take it one game at a time, guys. So. Well, you know, I love that cliche, one one game at a time, Scott. Uh, there, there was nothing better than, uh, you know, March 3rd, 5th, 7th, 9th, than uh, for us to be talking about uh, playing, playing ball. And that's what it's all about. Uh, Scott, I don't know if you've seen that yet, too. I'm going I'm to jump off the subject here a little bit. You saw where we're, uh, I don't know, Matt Sam's son, uh, He's leaving Louisville, you know, or, or who he thought was projected possibly. Oh, yeah. Bill Sims' son, he was our quarterback, Matt Sims. I guess he transferred. Where did he transfer to? But they haven't they haven't said yet. Uh, okay. I don't know if he's made up his mind yet. Well, but good. also today we just had word that uh, Terry S. Thomas, our outstanding sophomore safety, he's getting ready to leave Louisville too. It's so, I don't know what's to, going uh, on here. He lost, you know, we lost our uh, that uh, Ron English, our defensive coordinator, and I think that's the reason he wants to follow him, but they're not going to let him. Yeah. Yep. I've got I've got to dig out the uh, Fire Cragthorpe uh, YouTube video and get that out to everybody because it's uh, after the first year it, it was time. You don't have to give that out to me if you don't mind. <laughs> I sure to see something there, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Edward Blue Radio, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Friday night. All right, thanks, Neil. Okay, see you guys later. All right.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.